Oh, Holy Spirit, we ask that you would lead us this morning to hear the very voice of the one who is the Good Shepherd, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So it's amazing to me the kinds of things that get lodged into our imaginations when we're little. I don't know if you've had this experience, but I had some funny conceptions of God that were fixed into me from an early age. They seemed so normal, so appropriate to me when I was six years old. But now as I look back on myself, I think, how bizarre. And as embarrassing as this is to share, one of those odd ideas that I had for a long time was that God looked like King Friday from Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. King Friday was one of Mr. Rogers' first puppets. He had a tall, symmetrical crown, large eyes, and a snow-white mustache, beard, and hair, perfectly groomed. And he looked regal and dignified. And I don't know where I got the idea, but that's what I thought that God looked like. Well, fast forward a few decades from my childhood to just about a year ago when I was first arriving at the Advent. When you start a new job, especially in ministry, you're asking yourself, did I get it right? Is this the right fit? Is this the right ministry calling for me? Well, you wouldn't believe this. It's enough to turn even a crusty prayer book worship lover like me into a full-blown charismatic. So my first day on the job, the first day, I walk into Matt Schneider's office and I turn to my right and there, right on the end of his table is King Friday. King Friday. Right then and there, I knew that the Advent was the place for me. I felt like doubting Thomas when he saw the scars. I swear, I nearly bowed down on my face and fell before King Friday and said, my Lord and my God, right? I wonder sometimes, I wonder whether many of us don't have similar conceptions or misconceptions, not so much of what God looks like, but of what God sounds like. In our passage today in John 10, Jesus claims that the sheep follow the good shepherd because they know his voice. During this visioning process as a church for many weeks now, we've been praying in our corporate prayers, lead us to hear the voice of the good shepherd that we might be given courage to follow after him as your saints have done in this place for generations. And all this begs the question, what does God's voice sound like and how do I know it when I hear it? I don't know what your week has been like, but if it's been anything like mine, it's been very heavy. Just this week, I've had three different conversations with men who for the first time I heard, whose marriages have all eroded, who are either approaching the brink, on the brink, or over the brink of getting a divorce. I met a guy in my neighborhood who has been out of a job for weeks, and I see the depression and the weariness in his eyes. I was in dialogue with a dear saint whose loved ones are still reeling, and no doubt will forever reel from the death of a precious young child in their family. A bright student I know who's applying for grad school is dismayed over the fact that she was overlooked for scholarships and financial aid because of a clerical error, a clerical error 
in the school's administrative office. My wife Abby and I are totally broken up right now. We're tearful and sleepless over a very strained relationship in our lives right now, one that we feel utterly powerless to be able to change. The ache of life seems to be throbbing all around us, and I want to say that if God's voice doesn't sound like something that can speak into that, that can address that, then what use is it? Against this backdrop, when I read this passage, and when I read it and hear the voice of the Good Shepherd telling me that his sheep know his voice, that very question jumps out at me, and I think it just jumps out at us. And the question is, what does his voice sound like? And according to God's word today, his voice sounds, number one, familiar. Number two, it sounds like grace. And number three, it sounds like peace and freedom. So firstly, the voice of the good shepherd, it sounds familiar. Jesus says several times in this passage that the sheep recognize his voice. It's the voice that in a room of a hundred other voices, we can still identify and say, that's the voice of my shepherd. When our kids were babies and toddlers, uh, I recall this uncanny gift that my wife had. I think it's supernatural, and I think a lot of moms and maybe some dads have this gift. We could walk into a room of crying babies and screaming toddlers, a church nursery, a daycare, an after-school program, or some, some place as loud and chaotic as Chuck E. Cheese, and amidst the cacophony of noise, my wife could zero in on and pick out the screams of our child and find them. Jesus says that this is very much the way it works for us sheep. The voice of a good shepherd and the good shepherd is the voice of one that we recognize. It's a familiar voice. The world we live in is a cacophony of voices shouting at us. They scream at us their messages of seeming ultimate importance to us. Advertisements shout at us that the good life is found in clothing, material wealth, eating right, or acquiring some life-changing product. The political climate today is a fever pitch of voices. I mean, just this past week, we've heard voices tell us that our health care bill is either going to be the solution to all of our problems, or it'll be the very unraveling of the fabric of society. And I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed on the radio as I hear song after song telling me that sex is the ultimate holy grail. And they're all shouting at me, these voices, they're all saying different things. And one thing I know, and I think you know it too, even if you're here today and you don't consider yourself a Christian or a follower of Jesus, deep down, we hear all those voices out there. None of those voices is the voice of God. None of those is the familiar voice of the Good Shepherd. And why do we almost instinctively know this? This leads us to our second point. It's because the familiar voice of the Good Shepherd sounds like grace. And all those voices out there in the ads, in the songs, in the political landscape, they don't sound like grace. 
And Jesus teaches us here that this grace isn't some nebulous, freewheeling grace. The grace of God, the familiar grace of the Good Shepherd, takes on a specific shape amidst the cacophony of other voices. The gracious voice of the Good Shepherd has a very specific timbre, resonating on an utterly unique frequency pattern. Jesus belabors, repeating no less than five times what this grace looks like. Verse 11, verse 15, verse 17, and twice in verse 18, he says, I lay down my life for the sheep. The gracious voice of the good shepherd is the voice of self-sacrifice. Grace is none other than Jesus, the good shepherd, giving himself fully and completely to you, holding nothing back and pouring himself out fully. This is why when you come to the table to receive the Lord's Supper, we ministers, we're at pains for you to be able to hear these words clearly. Take this in remembrance that Jesus Christ died for thee. Drink this in remembrance that Jesus' blood was shed for thee. Because in those words is the clear voice of the good shepherd who says, I lay down my life for you. This is why Jesus here was so exasperated with the Pharisees. They were choosing to hear and to speak words other than the words of grace. Words about Sabbath keeping and words about being pure and not breaking any of the rules. And Jesus is saying, you're climbing over the wall. You're not going in through the gate. You're missing the voice of the good shepherd. Because the voice of the Good Shepherd is not, and I repeat, not, get your act together and God will love you. The voice of the Good Shepherd is, you can't get your act together, but God in Christ loves you anyway. I once heard a preacher explain it this way. You know, there are some traditions in Christianity where people will claim to receive a word from the Lord that they feel burdens to share. And I don't know if you've ever been the recipient of someone else's word from the Lord, but I have. And in several instances, they've actually been really powerful truths spoken into my life. But this preacher had a point when she said, if someone ever comes up to me and says, I have a word from the Lord for you, and the next words out of their mouth aren't, in Christ your sins are forgiven, I'm going to punch them in the face. Now, there's a little bit of an exaggeration there, of course, but it rings true with what Jesus is saying here. Because the voice of the Good Shepherd is always, ultimately, a voice that is speaking a word of grace to you and to me. God didn't send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Now, get this. When we put our first two points together, that the voice of the Good Shepherd is both familiar and gracious, and particularly with a grace in the form of self-sacrifice, it makes sense of a lot of our experience in the world today. And I want to tease this out with just one example, movies. Why is it that you and I are moved to tears when we watch movies where self-sacrifice is on display? It never fails. You and I are moved every time. Think of those great movies and those great moments in those movies that have stirred our souls. 
Braveheart, Saving Private Ryan, Toy Story, Titanic, Avatar, Star Wars. Those movie scenes are fueled by those powerful moments when self-sacrifice is on display. And why are we so moved by those moments? Why does our biological wiring work that way? Because in those moments of self-sacrifice, you and I, human beings created in the image of God, hear an echo of something very deep and something very primal. We hear an echo of the way God's grace works in Christ's self-sacrifice. We behold something like a fourth-generation copy of the work of Christ in every instance of self-sacrifice. We weep at those moments because something in us instinctively recognizes the kind of grace, that kind of grace, and in it, familiar reverberations of the gracious voice of the Good Shepherd. We can't help but recognize grace when we hear it, and it moves us. So the Good Shepherd's voice sounds familiar. And the Good Shepherd's voice sounds like grace. And here's the remarkable thing about the familiar and gracious voice of the Lord. It leads us to peace and freedom. Listen to what Jesus says in verses 9 through 10. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief only comes to steal and kill and destroy, but I came that they might have life and have it abundantly. Those who hear the gracious voice of the Good Shepherd find pasture. I love this word, find. In Greek, it's the word heurisko, where we get the word eureka. It's the word people use when they're surprised, when they've stumbled upon something or finally found what they've been looking for. And I think this is what happens when we hear the familiar, gracious voice of the Good Shepherd. We stumble upon the peace that we've been looking for in all of our life's searching and striving. The peace that passes all understanding. Eureka, I found it. We didn't try to get it. We didn't try to earn it. We didn't seek it out. It found us. It's just there, right in front of us. And then the Good Shepherd goes further by describing this peace as a fulfilling freedom. We go in and out through the gate freely. We experience joy of life and life abundantly. You know, this side of the new heavens and the new earth, this freedom, this abundant life, isn't a freedom from our struggles and pain and trials and sin. Instead, it's the rich blessing of peace within our struggles, pain, trials, and sin. Again, it's not freedom from the struggle. It's freedom of peace within the struggle. And so I want to ask you, do you know this peace and freedom? Do you know what it's like to rest? Yes, rest underneath the soothing melody of the shepherd's song. To stumble upon the pasture of your soul. In conclusion, and no doubt to state what is now obvious, when you're lost and reeling, 
and when the ache of life is throbbing, where can you go to hear the voice of the Good Shepherd? Where is that sure place? Where is that location where without a doubt you can go to hear the voice of grace and peace and freedom? We go to that very place where the Good Shepherd laid down his life for his sheep. We go to the cross where Jesus took upon himself the fracturing pain of every broken marriage, where Jesus bore the sorrow and darkness of every child's death, where Jesus felt the alienation of the student or job applicant who's overlooked instead of chosen, where Jesus absorbed all the mental and chronic illnesses that are our daily burden where Jesus went to the grave with all the things that we've done to sin against one another and to strain our relationships, where he put them to death and reconciled us to God and to one another. Surely there at the cross, the good shepherd has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Surely there at the cross, we witness a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weaknesses. There at the cross hangs the friend of sinners. Can you hear his voice? And now, may the God of peace, who through the blood of the everlasting covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will. And may he work in us that which is pleasing through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom be all the glory and power and dominion forever and ever. Amen.